Weekend. Yeah, we had another good weekend. Yeah, we, we, we've walked away with a nice little profit again. So that's what, three, four weekends in a row now we're walking away with profits. So I think the unit staking is, I think we've hopefully we've finally convinced Dano that it's beneficial not to just launch into every single bet that you have. Yeah. it's um... And to be a bit more structured and, and diligent with how you bet. <laughs> it's convincing. It's, it's hard to do, though. Oh, it is. Particularly just... if you see a horse that you love or you see market support for something and you just want to launch into it or you like see a $2 favourite and you're like, oh, I could double my money here. Oh, there's just, there's just so many good races on. If you're That's sitting down thing. all day and watching races, it's hard to not bet on them. Oh, I, I get that. And, it, yeah, it does take some quite a significant amount of restraint. That's why quaddies are fun because you, yeah. you can have four races and then have a crack at all four. Exactly, but I don't think if, if anybody doesn't know by now how the last few weeks have gone, they'd be mad not to be following along and following and staking at this point, that's for sure. Yeah, and like like I said, it'd be good for people to reach out if they do want to find out about the staking. Like I know you probably forward on how we how you and I are staking our races to people if they ask, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So yeah, people just reach out and we can we can send them across. It's very easy. Yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, like I've said before, the best way to kind of listen to it is probably with your black book out, yeah, and a pad, some notes or something, and just take note of what's going. Because one that you spoke about was uh, remark when we were talking last week, which came out and yeah. really well. Yeah, and then I think when we were talking about it, it was what nine dollars, like fourth or fifth favorite, and I think it ended starting up with a four in front of it, yeah, second favorite, I think, behind yeah, Nature's Group, and it did. So yeah, it's one, just like one a of those good things. Thing too. Oh, it was very strong to line. Like if you watch it, it kind of looks like it hit a bit of a flat spot at the two hundred, and then he kind of weirdly like picked up again. And that was when I thought Bella and in secret were going to get it on the inside, and he and he just kicked up again. It was just like okay, sweet. Well, he's he's won that race. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, in secret looked um pretty good. I think the the weight like what we were talking. I think we were pretty spot on though. The weight was um kind of held it back. Yeah, and I think it was one of those things like 1,000-meter horses win 1,000-meter races. Like she proved to us that she can go round a bend, and, and she's she's done some really good things. Like I know when she ran behind Jackano in that, that race, at, I think it was Randwick or Rose Hill, I think the Golden Rose potentially, but in that race and all those sorts of things. So she is, she is good round a bend, but whether or not she's a group one star round a bend, let's just, we'll be waiting and see. Like, I think she's seat 1A if you're looking at it pure, at like an Everest perspective for Godolphin. I think she's going to be their runner. Yeah, yep. And uh, hope in your heart. That was, a, that was a bit of a shocking ride, I think. Yeah, it was weird because like, I thought she'd be parked up a little bit handier and not caught in traffic. And then if you watch that last 200, she's burst through to, to nab third from, I forget who the third horse was, but at least we got a, a profit back on the, on the placing. Cause I think she traded around what, 250, 260 for the place. Yeah. It wasn't bad for the place actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, amazing that it, that it managed to place after that. Oh yeah. 
I think she's on the right way to to an Epsom, and she's one of those horses I I think we should follow. Yeah, definitely. And who won that race again? Uh, Pericles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, also going well. Yeah. Now, Benedetta uh, as well, hasn't she just uh, proven to us that um, she's an absolute gun, I guess? Isn't she? Like, the? I think we were talking about it in the thread, like, three wide the entire trip. Like, I, I didn't think she would be that handy in run. I thought she might sit, what, three, four pairs back, which was going to obviously be advantage parasail. But Daniel Stuckass, I think he knew the horse that he had underneath her. She had the fitness on her side, so she had, what, three jump outs and one run. And you could see towards that in that last 200 metres, you know, when he just had a crack of the whip and she just took off and she ended up winning quite, um, quite, quite easily in the end when you look at it, don't you? Yeah, I wasn't ever that worried. I think there was maybe one point in the straight or around the corner where I was like, oh, geez, probably not where I wanted it to be or at this point. But yeah, just found so much. Yeah, exactly. And that. It was it was a really good ride, and again, that just shows how much Stackhouse has one faith in the horse, but two knows the horse back the front because not every jockey would have had the confidence to sit three wide coming around that bend there at Caulfield, and then give her a nudge up up the ass, and then just take off like he did. Yeah, and um, Nashir at Eagle Farm was a very pleasant watch. Um, money came for that too. Yeah, I think it started with what two like two eighty or something like yeah. that, didn't it? Came and we we short. yeah we, t- we we I think it was about four forty four fifty when we spoke about it. So I certainly think the big syndicates got involved in that. And as you can see, Julie saluted senior jockey, senior stable horse just above that grade. It just won won really nicely. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really nice watch. Uh, Rainberg, I didn't actually watch. Yeah, so Rainberg um, Rambler Rebel took up the lead. Rainberg sat behind the speed, kicked on the bend, and then you had um, Charlton Lane, who we did speak about as being the main danger, was flying down the outside, and Rainberg just held on. Um, I think Charlton Lane definitely was the unlucky run of that race, and I think we were lucky to see um, Rainberg get the, the, I guess, the bob up. But it'd be interesting to see where they go with him moving forward because I think he could step up into like a Group One handicap, and I know there's talk of him potentially going to a Rupert Clark, which is a 1400 meter handicap over the 1400 meter, sorry, 1400 meters handicap at the Caulfield track. So he's handled the bend of the Caulfield track now, which is a good thing. So let's see what they do, what the Hayes boys do with it. Yeah, and the uh, Memsey. Now that was a cracking race, wasn't it? I, I think, I think I, we, were, we were right to lay, I wish I win. We almost weren't. Yeah. Well, I think the 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 barrier certainly beating because if you watch it around the bend, he was he was really trucking to the line. I think fitness may have just slightly conked out on him in that last 100 metres or so, which which obviously played into Brightside's hands, or, or hoofs if you want to put it that way. Um, so he was navigating and I just, yeah, the queries of that barrier one were certainly confirmed after the race. Yeah, and just another huge run by Brightside. Um, he's really yeah. just really come along. I also think um, Princess Grace is a really good horse. She's awesome. Like, I think if we can get a dry deck down there, because I'm not 100% sure where she's going, but I think Waller, if he was a smart man, be heading towards the Empire Rose there on Derby Day, because it's a 1,600-metre race down, down at Flemington. We get a dry deck down there. I think she would be very, very tough to beat in that race. 
Yeah, it's a shame you're just not going to get a price for a like. Well, she's into six buck favourite now for that race, which is so unfortunate because you do you might see a three year old come out, jump out of their skin this prep, and three year olds seem to have a really really good record in that race. So I wouldn't be diving in at that price, that's for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, bright side like wow, I don't know. He just looks. He almost looks like unbeatable at the moment. He's just so tough, isn't he? And like we spoke about the barrier, like barrier fifteen. Like, how good a ride was that from from uh, Craig Williams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a very scarce quaddy though, with all those favourites getting up. Oh, it was annoying because we spoke about us like we, when we sat back, we probably could have just gone bang, bang, bang. But I yeah. know with the Memsey being so many good horses in that race, and oh. then that last race, the one that devoted one, like. I think you saw the money come because if you looked at what's the race of amenable in that Memsey, it was enormous. And then that's why the money came for devoted in the last race. And then that started with what, $2 in front of it after opening around the, I think three fifty four dollars mark. Like that's where all the value went, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, nature stripping and water retired, retired yeah. probably. Yeah. Two of, two of the great sprinters of, of I guess, this generation. Um, I'm glad to see them go out. I think they, you could see it was evident with those runs on the weekend that the boys are just, they're done now. Nature's trip, obviously, was a bit unlucky sitting five wide the entire trip, but he just didn't have that, I don't know, that you could see that, you know, that eye of the tiger that he's always had. And, and same with Eduardo. Like, he dropped off after about the, uh, what, the 950, 900-metre mark, and he was just beaten by better horses. Yeah, well, they've just been performing at the highest level for so long that exactly nine and like ten what, years old like it's you can't keep going I, I think they pushed it further than most horses possibly could exactly and they both won immense amounts of prize money won huge amount of races and gained so much respect from, from racing folk here and around the world yeah it was good to see him go out in the same race um uninjured as well really nice um and now horses to follow yeah, so I'll touch on these quickly. So amenable, like I said, in that Mimsy was just enormous. I think if it can go to, I don't know, another 1,400-metre handicap, I think the Turak, I think it's the Turak, is it a mile? I can't remember, like a 1,400-metre handicap, even over the mile, I think the horse would be very, very tough to beat. I think it was quite unlucky. It was held up a lot of that Mimsy and then clopped some really, really good final sectionals. Now, I think that really franks the form because Devoted came out and won that last race. So we've got a horse in that race that they, when they met, uh, in Carini that finished third in that race in our black book. So I'll be eagerly waiting to see when she pops up. Yep. And V8, that, um, I think I backed him at the end of his prep, last prep, and uh, he yeah. let me down. Yeah. Wasn't that enormous. So he had a really good jump out there at, um, I think it was Ballarat, I think it was. And then he, like, that was an unsuitable trip. Like, he looks a 1,400-meter horse to a mile and maybe even stretching further along depending on how he goes but that was enormous like he he kind of was a bit shaky coming around the bend but once he balanced up and Damien Lane just give him one hit of the whip he just took off so I think in it he's grown and matured a lot for a for a young horse and I think he's in for a really good prep yeah he absolutely brained him yeah um there, uh, yeah, what we hang on, we got a few more here. What do you, he's a shocker as well. He's a shocker. Was in that devoted race in the last. So I thought the horse was really good. Like he was, he jumped from the outside barrier, 
and then somehow sat outside lead, kicked on the top of the straight, and then was only run down by Devoted. I thought it was a really nice run. And if you keep him in around that that 1,400-metre, 1,600-metre mark in about that grade, I think he'll be very tough to beat next start. Yep, and wrote to Arataki? Wrote to Arataki, was in the Benedetta Paracel race. She, um, The horse was out back. It actually was met with a fair bit of market support, I think. It was about... $16, $17 into about the $12 mark come race time. I think it would be better suited second up and I think up in trip, maybe 1,400 metres, I think it would be very, very tough to beat. Yep, and my Oberon uh, backing up that second place to Mr. Brightside with a good run. It was. So Barnes put me onto this one. So I watched the run first, like when I did the reviews towards the end of last uh, last week and then Barnes put me back onto it and I went and watched it and looked at the sections and he copped some really good sectionals between the 600 metre mark and the 200 metre mark so I think him up in trip around the mile mark and definitely if we can get a soft or wet deck I think he can head in the right direction yeah and Kamochi I thought was probably the victim of not the best ride from memory Oh, I agree. Not a great ride too far back um, and just wanting – you can tell the horse wants further now. So I think her second um, – not second, her into the next race of that Princess Series in the T-Rose over 1,400 metres and potentially even into the mile, I think she's um, certainly the favourite for that race. Yep, and Rainbeal as well. Now, this was probably the hit and run of the, of the meeting for me. So you go back and watch. It was in race three, the um, – the race won by, I forget who won that race, but either way, it was irrelevant. So he was in an 1,100-metre race. He drew the widest barrier. So what had to happen is the horse had to drop back. Now, if you go back and watch the sectionals, it was such a good six to um, 600-metre to 200-metre split, and then he kind of fitness kind of tapered off towards there. Now, again, I think we've spoken about it before with Joe Pride and tried horses. Now, this horse has come up from Victoria. I think if we can look over, keep it in this grade, better barrier, and maybe over the 1,200 metres next start, I think it's going to be a really, really good chance. And I think the market might underrate it, to be honest. Okay, well, that'd be nice. Yeah, so hopefully we can get a price about it. Yep. Now, the, before we go to the races on Saturday, there's one horse I wanted to ask you about uh, yep. that could be coming over and running in the Melbourne Cup, this Vorban. V-A-U-V-A-N. Oh, Vauban. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the Willie, I think it's Willie Mullins horse. Yeah, the Irish one. Um, yeah. Now, I looked and you could get eight dollars for it on the futures, but I um, I saw that they reckon it's a big chance of just um, demolishing the field if it gets over here. Yeah, so he came out and won a race at Nas there over the I think the mile and a, I think it's a mile and a half. No mile and two-third, or whatever you want to call it, over 2,400 metres anyway. Um, he's got the right form lines for a race like the Melbourne Cup. Um, so I thought I certainly think he's a great chance. And um, Willie Mullins doesn't bring over horses that he doesn't think will win these kind of races. So that race there that he won at NAS was, a, a, like a, I guess, a guaranteed ticket into the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, right. And he's, he's uh, won some big hurd- group one hurdling races, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's 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 a bit of a hurdler as well. So that means he's got really good stamina. So oh, we yeah. know with our Melbourne Cup, three thousand two hundred meters is grueling. It's a really tough race, particularly for the um for handicaps, um as a handicap. Sorry. So you certainly know that he's going to see out the trip because I know he's he's run a lot of his races over the t- uh, over the two miles. So 
yeah, he's he's certainly rightly favourite in the race. Seeing $8 go up for him is very short for a Melbourne Cup because there's a lot to happen between now and then. And is he going to go in there first up? Is he going to have a run down here? Like, there's a lot of question marks over him. Yeah, I feel like if he gets in there with a light weight, though, I would be launching at something like that. Because if, if he can carry 70-plus kilos over hurdles, over, like, two miles to 4K or whatever... Yeah, he's going to be really hard to beat. Two he, miles he, with a light, light I'm not weight. sure what, what I'm not sure what weight he's going to carry, which will be interesting because I haven't looked at the weights yet. Because I don't usually start to look, you dig deep into the Melbourne Cup until you start to see a lot of those stays resume. Yeah, I but, saw an article where the handicapper, uh, what's the handicapper's name that does the. Uh, because you usually have uh, Greg Carpenter used to be the handicapper but he's gone now Um, whoever it was he was saying um, he's worried about how he handicaps it because if he I think it might be a case where it should be getting a lightweight but he's worried if he gives it a lightweight it could just like make a mockery of them and then he so I think he's like kind of torn between giving it a high weight when he probably shouldn't. It's the races it's had and what not the lead up to it. It wouldn't um, mean he it would be getting a, a heavier weight, but he's it's become like a bit of a headache for him to try and work out what to do apparently. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, eh? Yeah. Really I think interesting. He's ro- I think he's – I'd hate to be the handicapper for a Melbourne Cup because you're, gonna, you're never going to have someone. Someone's going to be unhappy with it. Yeah. You almost need to be faceless. Yeah, exactly. Now, the horse, I think, if you're talking Melbourne Cups, the horse that I really like is a horse called Desert Hero. Yeah, okay. So Desert Heroes, Great Britain horse, uh, trained by William Haggis. Now, we've probably come to know William Haggis quite well over here. Yeah. Because he, uh, what, what, oh God, how can I not forget, how do I forget his name? Who was the horse that always used to have the jewels with Very Elegant? Um... Oh, man, it's not coming to me at the moment. Remember that he won? Oh, it's, he used to have the yellow seals. Tommy Mark won. used to ride him all the time. Oh, yeah, Ad- Adab or something. Ad- Adab? Adab, Adab yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sorry, that would have done my head in if I'd, I'd missed that. Yeah, so he's a, he's a trainer of Adab there. Now, he's bringing over this horse who's a three-year-old called Desert Hero. Now, Tommy Mark won is actually coming out to ride the horse specifically in the Melbourne Cup, which is really interesting. Now, he's only had the three starts, all right? So he won his maiden at Haydock on the 1,400 metres with Tommy on board. He then jumped straight up into a three-year-old handicap at Royal Ascot, uh, winning, over two th- winning over the mile and a half again, and then he jumped up and won the Gordon Stakes again at Goodwood. Now, I think... I think he's a really, really good horse. And we know with three-year-olds, they have a really good record in our Melbourne Cup purely for the fact they get that they get the lightweight. Yeah, so he's $11 in future. So keep an eye on him. He's he, Of all the international Raiders, he's the one that I really like at the present moment. But I wouldn't be jumping in at that price. Yeah, okay. So let's go to – should we go to Mooney Valley? Let's touch on Mooney Valley. So we're back to the Mooney Valley meet. So we've got a bit of rain about to tomorrow and Friday, which is going to be interesting. So I would, would advise everyone not to bet on anything yet until you see how the track plays, because as we know, Mooney Valley does have a tendency to play certain favours towards leaders and those on speed. But 
if you watch the first few races and you see the inside start to chop out, then you'll see horses fanning out coming down the straight towards those ladder races. So I'd be waiting to have a bet. So yeah. just be cautious with that. So the the feature race on the card is, is there's a few good races actually. There's a couple of group twos there. Yep. So if you go through the group twos, you've got um the McEwen Stakes, which is a thousand meter dash, which has some pretty elite horses in it. And then you've got the group two Fian as well, which is the sixteen hundred meter race. And then you've got um the McKenzie, uh, which is a listed race, which is race five for for the males, and then you've got the I think it's the Atlantic Jewel, which is for the females. So it's good racing there on Saturday. It's just a matter of whether the weather's going to influence anything there for us uh, in terms of a punting perspective. Yeah, okay. So should we start in race five? Yeah, so let's start on race five. So this is the one I mentioned before. So this is that listed McKenzie race, uh, McKenzie States over the 1,200 metres. Yep. So there's three horses in this race that I really want to – kind of zone in on because I think there's only three winning chances in this race. Okay. Now the first one is this Steppity. So it's had three starts for three wins and it's a really, really good horse. So he kicked off, he debuted back in May uh, this year, won a really, uh, an easy maiden and beating just press send. Now that was our Friday tip last week. Remember? Yeah. So we won that race very easily. Then went to a two-year-old um, handicap over the 1,200 metres in June. Won that by three and a half lengths. Then went to a 1,400 metre race at Flemington in June and won that again. So I know that Paul Pruska has a really, really good opinion of the horse. And he can run on any sort of surface. So if we're dealing with a soft deck, heavy deck or a good deck, he's going to be fine with that. And I really loved his trial there on the 23rd of August at Stall over the 1,000 metres. So if you watch the race, he looks like he's really matured as a horse into the three-year-old ages because he's a big, he's a big, robust horse. He just sat off the speed and he really cruised to the line there to run third with the other two horses ahead of him, probably under a bit more hard riding. So I think he's ready to go first up. And he's one of those horses who is very versatile in what they can do. So I think from barrier four, if you look at it, you can see him probably just parking up either just outside lead or just behind the speed. And obviously we know John Allen is elite rider. So I think he'll get a good idea after the first four races about where you need to be. And because of the tactical versatility of the horse, I think it's really beneficial. Yeah, he's a gun, this horse. I really yeah. have I've been on him every start. I'm there you go. Really rate him. And then you've got Brave Mead, which is the Ma Eustace horse. Now, there was a huge boom on this horse, and I know that Ma Eustace have a really good opinion of him because, obviously, he kicked off. He was uh, had his second start and won, like, an absolute weapon at, at Pakenham in March. He won by about four, four, five lengths. He then went to the Valley in a listed race at only his third start, where he won by three lengths. He did start a dollar forty favorite, and it was a small field, but still they obviously had opinion of him because they took him to the Group One size produce behind Militarise there at Royal Randwick, which was on that bog deck. Now I don't think he handled the the heavy deck there, and then he's obviously had a really good trial here at Cranbourne or jump out at Cranbourne just recently. So I think he's wound up ready to go. It's just a matter of whether he will, if it's in the heavy range, whether he'll handle it. Now, I think from barrier seven, Mark Zara will roll forward and probably sit outside or even compete with introducing for the lead. Yep. Now, if they go helter for skelter up front, where Brave Mead, Stephity and introducing are all running each other to the ground, I think that sets up for a horse by the name of Scientify, 
well, Centrify, sorry, not Scientify. Oh, yeah. Centrify, which is number five. So it's the Ben Allen um, mount. Yeah, my Eustace as well. Yeah, so he was really good first up in a three-year-old handicap here at at the Valley over the 1,200 metres. He he absolutely rocketed to the line, and he's actually won on the heavy deck before on debut where he won his um, maiden. Yeah, okay. So I think he's that horse that if you see them going really fast or you're seeing it set up for back markers where you can loop the field and the inside's kind of chopped out, then he might be the horse to, to I guess, to blouse them and win. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, now, race six. Now, race six. Now, this is an interesting race. Now, I don't really have an angle here at all because I find this incredibly hard to to line up. But we do have a horse in this race school um, who's a black booker in Right to Party. Yep. Uh, so we black booked Right to Party. Ran third behind Inhibitions at the Valley on the 26th of August. Yeah. It was where it was in like that real awkward position and fanned out, got clear air and really finished off nicely. Yep, that's right. Now, what I find interesting is Michael D has jumped off this horse to ride Pride of Sullivan. Excuse me. Yeah, okay. Which is I find quite find quite interesting. Um, and that just grazed me up, those two horses. You've then got um, Charm Stone, who's got the huge boom on it, was really good in that Quisette Stakes, beating Skirt of Law, uh, Skirt the Law, Sicilian and Dasonic Boom. Um, so I can see why the horse is rightly favourite. Where or not the where it gets in the in the speed map is going to be interesting, because it is drawn out in barrier nine. There is a bit of speed drawn inside of it. Yeah. You've then got inhibitions who won really really well and was probably a lot of horses, uh, a lot of people's best bets um, in that valley race that was won by the um, that where right to party ran third. So I'm just like, I find this horse, this really grey. And then we've got a horse that we've always backed in Treasure Way all the way down mm. there at $21. Yeah, he's the outsider. Yeah, so this is a really grey race, but I'm intrigued to see how it unfolds because I think there's quite a, a couple of good nifty horses in this race. And to be honest, you could make a case for a lot of them to that they could win it. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. Um, yeah. now race seven. So race seven, I, I've, we've got future history in this race and we've got a lot of stayers resuming. So I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, future history is drawn really nice. This goes up in weight. Yeah. But it stays at the trip. And I think if it's a leader bias, I think the horse is great. Uh, a really, really good chance. And it's handled the soft deck before. Yeah. Um, Geez, oh, gold trips in this as well. Gold trip. Now, I don't, I don't think there's any intent to win because remember what happened last time when they had that intent to win first up and it busted him for the whole prep. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's a huge amount of intent to win, but just be looking for him to, um, I guess to just to hit the line nicely. Yep. Uh, Young Werther as well. He finally um had a win. What was it? Last start. Yeah, he did. Remember, it was at um at Flemington, knocked yeah. off Milford there over the two thousand meters, being rolls. He didn't beat a whole lot, but it was great to see him finally get the win. And it's great to see that Danny O'Brien's kept faith in Billy Egan because he's the one that managed to get the second win out of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Now, is there anything you were keen on in this? Nah. So I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I'd probably bet on future history just because the horse has probably got. 
The run's under its belt. It's only fourth up. When you look at like Jimmy the Bear, it's been around for, for ages. Berkeley Square was good in that race, um, the 1600 meter race behind Jimmy the Bear at the um at Caulfield. Yep. Full of serenity. Um oh sorry, sincerity. Uh same race again behind Jimmy the Bear. So you can line up a lot of Jimmy the Bear stuff there. So how I look at his future history brings that ultra uh, that different form line. Goes a little bit up in weight, but I think from Barrier 7, Carleen Heffel can can sit behind the speed or even take up the running if it needs to, and I think it'll be too good for them. But I, I'm just a bit cautious with betting into it just with this pe- impending weather. Yeah, it's a, it looks a tough one. Uh, now, race eight, second leg of the quarter. Yeah, so have a look at this. Look at the field. Yeah, yeah I love this stuff. But, um, mate, I don't know if the Valley suits Giga Kick much. So I've got two, like the top two in the market, Imperatories and Gigakit. Now, I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but I just don't think, one, this is their grand final. Two, is a 1,000 metres too short for both of them? And three, are they going to want a gut buster first up that's going to potentially, I think Imperatories is going to the Manicato and staying down here in Melbourne. And obviously we know Gigakit is heading to, um, to, to Ramwick to obviously defend his Everest title. So... My concerns is I don't think they're going to be trying to bust them up, which then leads me to a reason as to why I think Rothfire is a great bet in this race. Yeah, okay. All right, so Rothfire, we know he won this race last year, beating beating Zoo Style. Now, he's a tough-as-nails horse. Like, you look at his record. Like, he's had, what, 24 starts. He's essentially placed in, in two-thirds of them and, and won – just shy of 40% of those starts. So that's a pretty impeccable record. Now, he had a really lovely trial there at Doombin over the 1,000 metres on the 29th of August, and I know there was really glowing praise from Robbie Heathcote following that. He's got Blake Shin, arguably one of the most form jockeys in Victoria, even Australia, you could probably say, on board. His first up record is eight starts for five wins in a second. His distance record is six starts for four wins in a second. And he's won at this, obviously, track before. I just think he maps perfectly to sit just outside Zoo style and potentially Acromantula, uh, I think is how you pronounce it. And I think he's just going to be, yeah, Acromantula, that's it. And I think he might be just a bit more sharper than, say, Giga Kick or Imperatrice, who... I think will be hitting the line extremely hardly uh, hard, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them win. But I think if you're looking at it, like I think, like I said with Remark, thousand meter horses win thousand meter races. Yeah. So that would be where I sit on this race. If you're looking at it from a body perspective, I would just be going one two five. Yeah, I think I'm gonna lay get your kick to be honest. You want to have a lay? Well, dollar nine is quite short. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me to be honest, like. Once you see how the track's playing, to see him kind of drift out a little bit and see, I guess, the market kind of stabilise a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in a lame. Fuck it. There you go. So, yeah, in terms of quaddy, what are you going to go, 2-5? Oh, look, I'd probably go 2-3-4. Oh, yeah, you're going to chuck both of them in? Yeah. I'd be going, like, if so with race seven, just for those quaddy players... I'd be going 11, 1, and 9. Okay, so this this race 8, do you think you've got to chuck Imperatriz in there? I just I just do 2, 5. Okay. And uh, try and get Giggity beaten. Yeah. We, lay, we got the lay last week with I Wish I Win, so. 
And yeah, we did too. And in secret. Yeah, that's it. So race nine, the fee and stakes. So this race really excites me. Like I'm, I'm really pumped to see how this because there's a how this race pans out because there's a lot of different form lines and a lot of horses who are first up and I guess have booms on them. So this is the fee and stakes. So it's a 1600 meter race uh, for standard weight for age. So what you see with horses, they usually leapfrog this race into say races like the Cox Plate if they're going that way, um, Australian Cup, I'm not Australian Cups, Turnbull Stakes is. Um, even onto the Caulfield Cup. So it's a real good race for those horses, those middle distance horses kicking off their prep. So how I look at this race, it's it's really challenging because you've got a horse by the name of Globe at the top of the market. Now, originally during the week when I was looking at Noms, I thought he was going to miss the field, but obviously a lot of horses haven't accepted. So this horse has only had the four starts to his to his career he kicked off a maiden back in march this year which he won very easily he then went to a 64 rate at pakenham won that also easily he then carried the big weight and another bm64 over 1800 meters again doing well and they stepped him up highly in grade to a bm100 where he dropped significantly in weight and then won by four lengths again. So he's really making his way through the grades. And I've no doubt that Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. have a really, really good opinion of the horse. It's just whether or not he's made that jump into weight for age mile races is a bit of a question mark for me. And then you add in barrier 12, which is a slight concern because he's one of those horses who likes to sit handy. And you look inside of him, you've got a horse by the name of attrition. You've got deny knowledge there at uh, barrier five. And then a couple of other horses like Goldman, who might roll forward being a Gaybot horse, uh, Savat2XL, who also will roll forward. So is he going to be caught out in no man's land? I don't know. And I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, 280 is very short for a horse with a few unknowns. Yeah, this is a really tough race. Extremely tough race. Because then you look up the next three in the market, you've got... um, so next three, not and then you got pounding as well. So Tuvalu, attrition, pinstruct, and pounding, all coming out of the Mister Brightside race, the PB Lawrence. Yeah. So you go back and watch the replay. Pinstruct was very good first up, but he didn't have the greatest um, uh, SP in that race. So he was he was met with late market support, but originally he didn't go up like I guess as short as you'd expect. Tuvalu was good in that race and obviously will be better suited up in trip and um, second up. Attrition had a really unlucky run in that race. So he was kind of wide and had to navigate his way in and then also finished off quite well. And then obviously, like I said, pounding was only half a length off uh, Attrition and, 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 and Tuvalu in that race. So you could probably line them all up pretty closely there. Yeah, this is, jeez, uh, I don't know. I feel like you're going to have to go short in one of these legs to go wide in this yeah. one. Yeah, and then you go, you got these stayers who are the horses that are probably going to be kicking off their Melbourne Cup campaigns who probably don't have the intent to win. So you got Francisco Gardi, Luna Flair, yeah. Goldman, yeah. Uh, Virtuous Circle. Like all of those horses, they're going to be better suited over 2,400 metres plus. So to me, this race looks, it's like, do you do you go wide in your quaddy and try and get globe beaten? Or do you think Globe is the best horse up in up in up in um I guess up in grade and just think he just beats them and then put a bit of his insurance on deny knowledge who's probably going to lead this race from barrier five is fit and brings different form lines. Yeah, well, because there's a bit of um 
there's a bit of freak about those uh, margins that Globe's been putting up. Yeah, exactly. There's so a bit of incentivize about it. You, 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 you're thinking along the same lines as me. So if you're looking at it from this perspective, what I would be doing is I would be going 11 and 15 only in your quaddy and kind of scrap, not the Mr. Brightside form's bad form, but just scrapping because there's not much between those horses in the race. You've then got those stayers resuming and then you've got the numbers down there as well, like Alaskan God and um, Forgot You and those sorts of things. So I would be literally just going 11 and 15. Yeah, right. Okay. That's cr- yeah, it's um geez, I don't know. I don't know about that leg. That's quite concerning. Have a think about it. And again, you'll probably get a good idea um come race day about what what sort of numbers and how the track's playing and all these other things and yeah. that'll give you a good idea about things anyway. I think you're right though. Like you you probably should be laying all those stays resuming, but there's just so much talent in this race. And how often do you see some stayers just kick off their preps with this absolutely awesome first up run? Yeah. The, but, and the other thing is it's the fucking valley too. It's like, which which almost makes it more unlikely that they would, those the stayers would come out and win this. But also it can throw up some really sort of random stuff sometimes. Yeah. So, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And race 10. No, oh, so this is this is a tough race. So I don't have, I guess, any sort of angle here, but I'm just sort of give body numbers for everyone if they if they want them. Yeah. So I think we chuck in Edison there, who which comes out of that Mr. Brightside race, particularly if you see the horses perform well in the race before. I think we chuck in she's fit for Corbs, because he'd kill me if I didn't put her in. Um, I chuck in Hennessy Ladd, I think will deserve favourite and, and obviously he's a, has won at the track before. I chuck in this Russian Ronnie, Gaybot Horse. Obviously, we know they're going to roll forward and probably lead. What about Queen and you could Air? probably chuck Queen Air in there because uh, Jamie Carr scares me. Yeah, that's a tough final leg. A lot of chances. Very tough final leg. So, yeah, that would be my selections. All right. So, let's go to Rose Hill. So, we go Rose Hill. So, no group one racing at Rose Hill on Saturday, but still some very good races. So, we've got the probably the Theo Marks and the Run to the Roses being the feature races. So, we've got showers tomorrow and showers Friday, but a clear day Saturday. So, I suspect that we'll probably um, have good good racing come on Saturday. Now, the rail's in the true position, so... The last time we were in the true position on a good deck here at Rose Hill, it played more in favour of those horses that were up in here. Now, you didn't have to necessarily be leading up there, but you wanted to be there in that first half of the field and not having to navigate through traffics up the rail or trying to come down the outside and loop them. Yeah, first thing that catches my eye is how good are you that had that good win against Call D. What was that, sorry? How good are you catches my eye here. Oh, in race five? Yeah. Um, she's a moral in this race. Yeah, sorry. I forgot, I forgot to even say we were looking at race five. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we'll, t- we'll touch on race five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So, I'll give you the quaddy legs as well. So, here's your first moral of the day, guys. Take it. Barrier three, Rachel King on board, lightweight. She just wins. And I'll tell you why. So, you go back and watch that run behind Call Die. It was enormous. She was pulling away 
from them in the last 200 metres. So the step up from the 1,500 metres to 1,800 metres does not worry me at all. Now, I think the thing that a lot of uh, people will miss is Marquez ran on the same day there at over the 1,500 metres with J-Mac on board at Rose Hill. Now, the times were so much different. So the Marquez ran a 130.01. And then how good how good are you ran a 129.04. So for those of you at home, one second usually equates to about six lengths. Yeah, wow. So not only not only is how good are you get gets fifth four or three and a half kilos off Marquez. It's drawn to to lead this race. It can also sit handy if it needs to, and it's run a six length faster, fifteen hundred meter time. Like, how did they beat her? Yeah, it'd need to be a shocking ride by Rachel King that can lose this. And she's riding in a bit of form since she came back from Japan. She's she's been riding really really well. So I think that's a moral, guys. So just have a have a have a few units on her because I think she just wins that. Okay, lovely. So race six, we got a few uh, good ones in this. One of our favorites yeah. as well. Yeah. So I found this race really, really hard to to analyze and to pinpoint things. So I think it's I think it's going to come down to three horses personally. So and I think it's the market's got it right in four, five, and six. So we'll touch on market order. So IME was enormous first up in that missile stake. So I was quite keen on it in that race. That was the unfortunate race where Golden Mile almost came down. A big parade was was obviously um, unable to continue its racing career. Now you go back and looking through it, and form lines haven't exactly step like like jumped out of the the ground for it. Now I know Argentia was very good next start, but Rocketing Buyers hasn't done much. Ingratiating was sound um, on the weekend at Caulfield. He did clock some really good sectionals coming home, but that's all you really got from it. And then Golden Mile has. Um, has since failed as well. So I'm not sure about that. I love the trial, though, that it had at Randwick over the 850, um, just behind alcohol-free there on the 25th of August. So I think the horse is really fit and ready to go. And obviously it loves the Rose Hill track. So it's obviously one, three from three at the track, and then it's only, it's only had one blemish at the actual distance as well. So I think it's the right favourite. Now, Zapateo has trialled really, really well. Now, Zach Lloyd knows the horse. has actually trialled it back on the 5th of September. It's got a really good distance record, a really good track record, and obviously it's a really good first-up record as well. So it's drawn to sit really nicely. And then finally, we got our girl, Sunshine, in Paris, who's who's trialled up relatively soundly there at Randwick over the 8.50. I thought uh, IME was going better in that trial. So... Whether or not you you that's a gauge, and I think she'll be suited up probably over further. But although she does have a really good record at the trip, so if you're going from a betting like a I guess a betting perspective, I think IME is probably the the winner for you. But um, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Sunshine in Paris and Zapateo um, saluted as well. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few chances in that, but yeah, IME is really going well. Yeah. Um. So let's go to race seven, the first leg of the quaddy then. So race seven um, is a moral again, Tom Kitten. I don't know how they beat it. Um, now, I took a really good early price about Tom Kitten at lunchtime today. I took 480. It's now into 340. Um, I don't know how NCAP start opened at favourite. 
Now, I get, obviously, everyone saw the flashing light run there behind Tom Kitten in that race. But what we've got to remember is Tom Kitten carried the 59 kilos in that race and NCAP carried the 54. So now Tom Kitten drops back in weight to 56 and a half. He keeps Nash. He steps up in trip, which is better suited for him. And NCAP's going to potentially be buried with its racing pattern in barrier one. Yeah, not a good barrier for NCAP, is it? Not the greatest barrier. Now, I do concede Tom Kitten's barrier is a bit of a concern for me in barrier 15, but if there's one guy who can navigate that, it's um, it's Nash. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so maybe short in this leg. Yeah, so I know people won't want to bomb in this race, so you could probably put a bit of a, a I guess, a saver on. I probably you probably put... Tom Kitten there, you could probably put Griff in there. Now, if it's playing more up on speed, oh, it's a hard race with that because any horse could really roll forward. Look at your Gaybot horses. Is there any Gaybot horses in here? Yeah, Raff Attack. So you Town, could probably Townsend. just go. Yeah. So you could probably tuck chuck those horses in there and you because all the good horses seem to be drawn out anyway. So, honestly, I think Tom Kitten just wins this race, um, as long as it's not paying an on-pace buy. So just keep an eye on, the, on that. But if horses are running on, he just wins this race. Okay. All right, good. Now, race eight, run to the rose. So run to the rose. So arguably the, the final lead-up race to to the Golden Rose, obviously, which, we, which is that 1,400-metre race there at Rose Hill now. Very big stud-making race. So, obviously, you see a lot of Colts trying to win this race because of its stud-making capacities if they do win this Group 1. Now, there's a lot of different form lines coming into this race, and there's a couple of horses resuming who are very, very nifty. So, I think we can, we'll just touch on market order. So, Cylinder, obviously, is right favourite. He's drawn really nicely. He's got Nash on board. Now, visually, I know a lot of people have come out and said that his win first up in, in the vein stakes where he just beat Ouroboros and 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 um, the fast-finishing I am unstoppable. They said it was very visually unimpressive, but what we've got to remember is that vein was probably arguably one of the highest-rated veins of the last eight to ten years. So you could probably suggest that the horse is still going well. It's just people expected him, or the market expected him to win a lot easier than he did. Yeah. Now, I think he's better suited second up into this race, and I actually like him better around the big, um, the Sydney way than in the Melbourne way. You now, like Libertad yeah, so Libertad was unbelievable in that Group 3 Domenico now. I really like Corniche in this race, but if you go back and watch, Libertad was just too good. Simple as that. You've then got Don Corleone, who's been racing in some of the elite two-year-old company. And what I like is his trial back in, on the 22nd of August, He was it was really nice over the 1,000 metres. So he's won first up before. Now, remember his first, his debut run there, um, at Randwick over the 1,000 metres where he came out of nowhere and just blitzed it. And he went, I think he shot to either first or second favourite for the slipper. So he's really good. I think Kadinsky abstract, like I said, is very overrated. And I don't think we'll – he's obviously going to keep potting around in these races because he, he can. But I, I thought Butch Cassidy was a better chance. And I can't see why there's a $4 discrepancy in the market. Militarised was is just a, his two-year-old of the year, in my opinion, last year. I didn't really like his trials 
Um, well, not the one, the, particularly the most recent one there, the, over the 900 at Rose Hill. Now, this could be a typical Waller job where he just makes the horse just pot on through in a trial and doesn't give away much like he used to do with Winks. Or is the horse going to be better suited over the 1,400 metres in the Golden Rose? So I think for a, for a – and we've got General Salute, sorry, which was another horse that we had a really good opinion of and, and put in our black books um, after the Libertad victory. So – I think with militarized, I think what you want to see with him, I'm, I'm happy to leave him out of the quaddy, but I definitely want to see him hitting the line nicely because he could be a golden rose type horse. Okay. So leave him out. You think? No, I think you could leave him out. So in terms of like quaddy perspective, in terms of a betting perspective, firstly, I don't have an edge in this race and I don't want to bet into it, but I would be putting in my quaddy two, three, four, seven, nine. And then if you get a bit scared or you see, you see, I don't know, you hear something about militarised, chuck that in as well. Okay. All right. Nice. So race nine, Theo Marks. Yeah. So this race is super interesting for me. Now, Kovalika, why is Kovalika $5 favourite? Do you have any idea? No. So hasn't won first up. Hasn't, hasn't won, won first distance. up. It's a 2,000 metre horse. Yeah. Why is it five dollar favorite? I get that it had that big boom. It won that um, the oh, what was it the the Queensland Guineas? It won the the Derby in very impressive fashion. But this is a horse that's stepping up into open class fields. Thirteen hundred meters first up. His trials have been all right, but they haven't set the world on fire. So I'm going to be laying him if he shortens because I just don't think he's a chance in this race. Yeah, fair enough. I like that. Also, I look at Nugget. Now, he's a 1,600-meter horse. Um, he's got a decent first-up record, and his trial back at Gosford over the 1,200 meters was really, really good. But I don't know whether he's going to be wound up ready to go, and that barrier's a slight concern for me with him. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Madame Pomery, who I think's a great chance in this race. Now, we spoke about uh, her run behind Pericles last start. Now, Pericles franked the form and won last week very, very impressively. Yep, definitely. I wouldn't be The only concern out. you have is the slight back in trip. So it goes from the 1,400 metres back to the 1,300 metres. Now we've got Argentia. So this is the horse I really like. So it finished really well behind Vornes Notches in that uh, show county race. Now, I do com- uh, concede that the format of the race hasn't been great. Now, we had Skylab last week who failed. Kalino, who isn't doing that well. Extremely lucky he's going to be going around again. Rocketing by, we spoke about earlier. So I'm ex- I'm concerned about the form coming out of that race, but I think she's certainly the horse that I'm, I'd be willing to have a little bet on at those odds. Okay, nice. Uh, you then got Crosstalk. Um, who's obviously we know can roll forward. Barrier is a significant concern. Golden Mile, I'm not a fan. I don't think he's that good. Waterford, good horse. Um, trials have been sound. Good first up record and loves Rose Hill. You've then got the Inevitable, who was scratched actually last week from the Memsey for this race. Loves fast run races, whether or not the Rose Hill track will suit him. And then you've got a couple of other horses that are first up. So it's a really, really tough leg. But I think if you're looking at it from a quality perspective, I'd be going 7, 1, 7, 9, 14, and 
uh, 10. Interesting. Interesting. Bit of value there. Yeah, a bit of value in that race. Interesting race because I feel like there's a lot of horses resuming that where 1300 meters might not be their their go and I'm, I'm i'm like i'm kind of gravitating towards those horses where i know 1300 meters is right within their sweet spot yeah okay so this last leg um bit of bit of a chance here to maybe get something up at odds do you think i found this race again very hard because i've got two of my black bookers and two horses i think are going places so I've got Ammon and Smashing Eagle both in this. Yeah, yep. So that's the challenging thing. So And Red Card obviously is a good horse as well, ranked his way through the grades. So Red Card's trialled really nicely. He, he was really good on the 21st of August um, uh, in a trial at Hawkesbury, and then he went to, to Rose Hill and was also quite good just behind Overpass, who we know is traditionally a very good trialer and, and I guess a horse in, in line for an Everest. Now, the horse isn't one first up, which is interesting, so that's a bit of a concern for me. Um, but then you've got Ammon. So I've had Ammon in my black book ever since La, his last prep. So he won at Flemington back in Ma, in May really, really nicely down uh, over the 1,200 metres down the straight. Now, he beat a horse by the name of Who Dares. Um, I think the Hawks boys have a really good opinion of him, and I'm hoping Remark winning on the weekend last week gives them a bit more confidence they are heading in the right direction. And then you've got Smashing Eagle. Now, Smashing Eagle is absolutely airborne. I heard an interview with Greg um, uh, Greg Ryan and Sterling, well, Greg Ryan, I'm sorry, Gerald Ryan, and he says the horse is absolutely airborne and really going well. This is his home track, but the problem is his, his race pattern sucks. Like, he's a drop-back run on horses. So if the if it's playing up and in, then he's a horse that you probably wouldn't want to be putting in your quaddy. But if it's paying for horses running on, I think with the light weight, he can certainly give this race a shake. Yeah, no weight on his back. Yeah. All right. And then finally, we've got on the lead, which was number one horse, which I spoke about, which is trialed really nicely. He's had three trials leading up to this. was actually scratched from last week. And the horse has actually handled the Rose Hill track before. Yep. Yep. He'll be going in for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that quality actually looks really nice. Yeah, so not too bad. But, again, um, just keep mindful of, of, of pace. I'm not pace. Uh, track bias or track patterns. And just look at those speed maps on racing and sports, the tab, wherever you want to do it. And just make sure you're including your leaders in your quality numbers as well. Okay, great. Um, so, did you have any Thursday and Friday tips? So, I'll give you, I'll give the guys or the listeners a couple at Doombin as well. I won't go too much into depth, but race one Doombin, I think Outlawed is going to win that race. Now, it's his favourite. So, I blew away a class two field over the 1,200 metres last start. It now jumps to a class three. Can't see it dropping off. So, I think it's a, a really good chance. You've then got race four, um, a horse by the name of Shibley. Uh, yep. Really like the horse first up. Now gets Orman second up. I think at five fifty, great price. Um, can't see the discrepancies between the other horses. And then finally, there's a horse that I want everyone, if you're playing those quaddies at Doombin, I uh, want you to put um, this horse in your quaddie for race six. Go on. All right. So it's a horse by the name of Cryptic Sound. Oh, yeah. 
So it's down on the low weight. Now, in my, uh, I, I black booked it after its run uh, on the 23rd of August uh, over a thousand meters at Sunny Coast. So it really had a nice finish on him. And I was looking to back it at 1200 meters, preferably in a maiden. So it obviously pops up here in a 1350 um hand three-year-old handicap so it's probably not ideal but as you can see the price is probably reflective of that um but i think it's a really really good horse that i think if you see it pop up in a maiden i think it'd be a moral but just keep an eye on it in this race okay nice nice now what do you got for us uh thursday friday okay so i got a real short one for you tomorrow unfortunately so i'd be if you can get about two bucks about the horse take it um, but because the figure that it put up first up is just far superior to everything in this in this race. So it's Hawkesbury tomorrow, Royal Tribute. What race is that? That's Hawkesbury four, Royal Tribute. Uh, Royal Tribute. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And then over there at Goulburn, we're gonna have, we're gonna do a Sam Clipperton uh, double. Okay. So there's a horse in race five there by the name of Snapback. Sorry, where's this? This is a Goulburn on Friday, race oh, yeah. five. Yeah, snapback. So this horse started 650 in a group one JJ Atkins over the mile. 12 bucks in a group two size produce. I just don't understand. Like he, the, the Snowdens are obviously taking him out here to have an easy kill. Try and wait for prices to go up. They'll probably go up around lunchtime tomorrow. And if you can snap up anything above $2, just put five units on it now. Yeah. Snapback's a good horse. Yeah. So he's, he is a good horse, and I think he's better than provincial maiden grade. And then there's another horse in the next race that Clippo's also riding for the Snowdens in the in the name of Denetsu. Or Den, Denset, Densetsu or Denzetsu, however you want to pronounce it. Race yep. six, number seven. So I really like the trial, particularly the one – over the 10.45 there at Randwick on the 25th of August. So he was sitting, he was really probably the widest runner, but the way he hit the line in that run was awesome. And I love Lon Roe Colts. I think they're really good, good horses. Um, Clippo's obviously heading out to Goulburn. You don't see him there very often for these two rides only. So just see what prices you get, but there's your Thursday and Fridays. Okay, awesome, mate. Love that. Um, sweet. Well, uh Let's uh, have another good weekend and um, cheers for coming on. Pleasure, bud. Talk soon. See ya.